0: 104.7 The Cave, J.K.L.H., Marshfield, Springfield, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network.
1: Touchdown, Kansas City!
0: Now, it's time for Ned Talk.
2: We have rested and recovered, and we are all on the list to play today as we get set for the big game. Coming up this afternoon right here on 104.7 The Cave with the Kansas City Chiefs and well, some other teams playing. I don't know who it is. It's really just not important. The Chiefs are playing, and that's all we really care about, right, Ned?
1: No, that's not right. <laughs> oh,
2: come on, come on. We, we're calling this the Ned Bowl because Ned's childhood football team, the Philadelphia Eagles, and he even I think if you you've if you got him in the corner, had a couple of drinks on him. He'd probably tell you they're still his team.
1: But monetarily, or chocolate chippery, if, going to, I'm going for the Chiefs. <laughs> that's where the chocolate chips are.
3: <laughs> Jake is with us today. Jake, how are you? I am fantastic. I'm with Ned here. The childhood team of the Eagles, I, was, I still got, I was showing the guys in my Randall Cunningham jersey. But monetarily, I have a lot of money invested in this team <laughs> with my season tickets and all that jazz. So go Chiefs. All right, Alex
4: Scott's with us. He's not for either team, but he's excited for a good game. Yeah, Championship Sunday, looking forward to it. Not really vested in either side, so I just get to sit back and and stress-free enjoy it. And also, if I can, special shout-out, happy birthday to my older brother, big Chiefs fan who could get the best birthday gift possible if the Chiefs can pull it out. And what about you, Josh Roberts?
5: I I am going to watch the game. (laughs) I, I really don't care who wins either. I mean, I'm a Chiefs fan, I guess, but... I am still pretty uh, jaded when it comes to football, but I would like to point out that Alec is best dressed today, with his Hawaiian style Pittsburgh Steelers party shirt.
1: Okay, what he is, what he is telling you subjectively is, where is Pittsburgh? Pennsylvania. Where is Philadelphia? Pennsylvania. You so go. quite a bit of green <laughs> on this shirt. No, I, you
4: know, when we really break it down. Let
1: but. me get a little more in here. Look, this is a great day. It really is for everybody. It's that one rare day, and there there are others, of course, but that rare day when everybody comes together, no matter who you're rooting for, everybody comes together and focuses on one event, and it's a big deal. There are parties. Everybody's having a good time. That's what makes the whole thing in my book so worthwhile.
2: Yeah, it is a fantastic day. I know there's a lot of people out there who are advocating for a national holiday the day afterwards, so, you know... Who knows? Who knows? It is the big game. It is. uh, I I will tell you that I, my personal feeling is, is perhaps the most overhyped event out there? Because, you know, I've been sitting here since seven o'clock this morning and I've been watching the pregame. Well, It's just been on and I haven't heard any talk, but I'm already kind of worn out. I'm just, (laughs) I'm already tired. But let's, let's go back two weeks and let's talk about the Chiefs and the Bengals and the Chiefs. Finally, get that monkey off their back. They finally beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's get let's go around the table and get everybody's thoughts in that game. We'll start with our uh, our commander in chief, Ned Reynolds. The
1: old man. That's what you were really no no. Toward. You're you're Venerable. a commander in chief. I hate that term. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a nice win and it was a gutsy win because here's a team with a compromised quarterback who. May or may not have been playing, and he was. he turned out he was going to gut it through the pain, and it was obvious that he was hurting, and yet he' still, even as, as, as compromised as he was, still able to engineer a victory against a very good Cincinnati Bengals team. I thought it was a really good performance, and I thought Kansas City deserved the win. They played better than anyone else
3: Jake, your thoughts on that game? It was loud. You were there.
2: Yeah, you were actually in the
3: stadium. So I was proud of the Chiefs Nation or the Kingdom there to come out and show people what Burrowhead was all about because this is Arrowhead Stadium, the loudest stadium in the world. So it was was nice to see that. Uh, You talked about the monkey on the back. I still think it's kind of, you know, when you have a monkey on your back, it's still going to leave a little residue back that's kind of stinky because (laughs) I wish the Chiefs would have just won by more than three. I it, There's still this kind of this lingering thing where the Bengals and the Chiefs, blah, blah, blah. If they would have came out and just manhandled them like they should have and Mahomes not fumbling it there on their own 30-yard line, um, I think it would have been a different game. But it was a great game. It was so nice for them to like just kind of put people in their place and, and make sure that people understand that we have the best quarterback in the league as well.
4: What do you think, Alec? Yeah, I think props to the Chiefs, both front lines, offense and defense, absolutely won that game for them. If you know Mahomes needed that protection to be able to play the way he did. If he if he was under fire the way the Chiefs put Joe Burrow under fire, he wouldn't have been able to do anything because he couldn't get away. So props to the offensive line for keeping him upright, and props for the defensive line to giving the Bengals approximately one point one seconds to make a decision and throw the ball. Chris Jones for me was the MVP of it. He led the charge. He looked phenomenal, and when he's playing that well, it kind of inspires everybody around him. And it you know when. When you get to a quarterback that fast, that young secondary doesn't have to cover as long, and it really just covers up what you could consider would be a weakness with the inexperience back there. But, you know, they don't know what they don't know. They're here, they're in the big stage, they're having fun. And if that pass rush keeps it up, you know, that'll propel you a long way.
5: What do you think, Josh? (laughs) The Chiefs only won that game because the Bengals' defensive lineman hit Mahomes late out of bounds, which gave them a 15-yard penalty so they could kick that field goal to win it. The Chiefs got lucky because if that play hadn't happened, if that guy hadn't lost his mind and hit Mahomes out of bounds, they, they probably would have gone to overtime. Who knows what would have happened then, but you obviously you don't want to do that against a team like the Bengals who's had your number. Also, don't you remember that the Chiefs got an extra third down? At but that didn't point, that didn't mean anything. It did, ultimately it, it didn't. It didn't but mean still, anything. Still, what was that? That was crazy to me. Um because so, they hadn't reset the clock. It was a good defensive game. It was a good defensive game. The Chiefs won it because of a bad defensive play on the part of the Bengals. I let me let
2: me jump in here really quick cuz I'm going to argue for the Chiefs on this one guys. I'm going to I'm going to take this one against you Josh because I felt the Chiefs were in control of that game most of the way through, but then I started to feel like man they're going to screw around and lose this game. And I think that the Bengals were lucky to be as close as they were in that game because the Chiefs had control of that game most of the way through. And it was just like that moment towards the end there. You thought, they're not going to let this up. I think Bucker makes that field goal even if they don't get the extra 15 yards. I think that the whole thing with the third downs way, way, way overblown because it didn't mean anything to the game. Didn't do anything at all. For the game itself. And the officials were trying to get the play right. That was all that really mattered. Sure. So, I mean, if the Chiefs had scored a touchdown or they had extended a drive or something like that just because of that third down, I think you can make that argument. But you can't. So, I don't want to hear it. I I just don't think it's worth bringing up.
5: I'm just putting it out there because it, it just supports what I always say about the officiating.
1: But <laughs> So if we're in a court of law right now, we stricken your comments. That's fine, it's stricken.
5: <laughs> one great. other thing, I want to make one other comment about the... So early in the game, the Chiefs had to use a, a re, their challenge review. flag yeah. to review a spot, mm-hmm. and they lost it, and they lost a review. But then later in the game... The officials reviewed their own spot and changed it without anybody having
1: to. Review well, the, the it. So rule I'm is confused about it, that. It comes at a certain time in the game when the officials do have total control over what is going to right, be changed. Right, but judged. I don't
5: believe that that was the case. And
1: well, I think it This was. was in the
5: second half, but I don't think it was late in the game when they review them automatically. If that's what you're saying, I am. I think yes. they mm-hmm. chose to review their like they huddled together to review their own spot and changed it. When early in the game, they made the Chiefs challenge it to get it.
1: Well, Josh, what that indicates is that there was a disagreement among the officials. And they, you know, they get together for the huddle and they have to come to a full agreement with what's going on. And if they don't, then they sure they can go and recheck it. They do have that advantage. But when they make it on their own, for the most part, it comes at a critical time. And I think it's three minutes, two or three minutes remaining in the game.
4: I think it's worth bringing up the officiating thing, not for the outcome of the game because I don't think it did. I think no. both sides can pretty fairly point to a couple instances, and that's most games. But I, I do think on the whole, you know, they that on a big stage, that was a pretty bad performance by the officiating squad. And oh. I don't think to anybody's benefit or detraction, but I think it points to a problem. You know, they, I think they need to do something about the officiating.
1: You know, I like I have a friend who is a former official. And he right. even said the same thing. That was not a very good game. game. Right. <laughs> I was like, well and then I, I didn't realize this, but
5: the head official the, you know, they they look at they can look at any statistic they want. That head official, I can't remember how they phrase this, but that head official basically has a twenty percent higher rate of bad calls against the Chiefs than any other team. And so they were concerned I mean there were players that were not players. There were fans that were concerned that this guy was going to make bad calls against the Chiefs because he doesn't like him or something. You want to talk, but then It want, didn't really
3: happen. You want to talk about head of officiating? What about Cheffers Who's the head official today? Who has really, really made some bad calls against the Bengals or against the Chiefs? Against two different Bengal games.
5: Well, I, I don't know I don't know where these percentages come from, but I'd love to see what his percentage is too because they just they pointed that out about this official just because the percentage was so much higher in calls against the Chiefs than other teams.
1: And just as a point of argument, however, there, in the last six Super Bowls, Mr. Jeffers has been the referee in three of them. He has been the head official. Now, the referee is the one who announces to the crowd, but he's not necessarily the one who makes the calls. Right. He has to go with whatever the official is of interference or whatever it might happen to be or offensive holding or, or whatever, and he announces that. But it's not necessarily him. However, his crew has been among the highest to throw penalty flags this is not his crew who has the Super Bowl. It's an all-star crew of referees but or officials. But he is the white hat, and he is highly respected among other officials and the NFL. You won't get chosen for three Super Bowls in six years unless you're pretty good.
4: And I think it's even okay if, you know, a high flag rate's one thing. I just think what we all want is consistency. No, if, I, if something's called a pass interference against one team in the first quarter, I'm fine with that as long as I see it called a pass interference against the other team in the third quarter. You know, just let's consistent, we're all playing the same game, the players will adjust to what they're calling and what they're not, and then we'll go from there. You
1: have, have to remember, guys, in basketball and in football, the calls are subjective. Not so much oh, in man. baseball, although there are you know, a safe and out and so forth and so on, and the strike and ball count. But, again, for the most part, you can see what's going on there. You can't in football and basketball because it happens so fast and in football because there are so many bodies involved. So you have to put faith in the subjectivity of what these guys are calling. And for the most part, it's pretty good because they are all all students of the game and know it fully well.
2: You're listening to Talk, your local live sports talk show as we get set for the big game coming up this afternoon right here on 104.7 The Cave, your home for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Josh or I think Jake brought it up too was saying the monkey is not removed from the back completely I think the best team won Mm -hmm. two weeks ago Sunday and I think that the only thing that made the Chiefs not the Chiefs was Patrick Mahomes ailing I mean otherwise they they were better on defense their offensive line was better they have a better running game and all three of those things come into play in today's game against Philly
3: yeah we I was talking to a buddy of mine about that today and how you look at the Philadelphia game against the Cowboys, the Cowboys scored like 40-some points against them. 41. Okay. Good defense, right? Eagle defense. This is the Sac-a-della-f- Sacadelphia Eagles is what they call them because they had 78 regular season stacks. So today it's going to be about protecting Mahomes. Um, I will tell you that at that game, you know, there were still eight sets left. You know, I know you said that he got pushed out of bounds in that call. That's the only thing that saved them. Um, he still rushed. He still had eight more seconds. We've seen what they can do with thirteen seconds. You do have one of the best kickers in the league, um, and and then the, one other thing. I can't believe you're not going for the Eagles today with all the Alabama fan or t- all the Alabama players <laughs> on you know the know Eagles. Because <laughs> you said earlier you're going for the Chiefs. You're gonna? Did I? Yeah, you did. We'll see. you're.
4: A I guess fan. I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I believe I said was I'm a Chiefs Burbank.
5: fan. That doesn't mean I expect them to win today. But that. But who are you rooting for? Oh, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Don't, I want
2: don't Don't play to lawyer win. ball with yeah. this. Yeah, there I want go. the
5: Chiefs to win.
2: <laughs> you're, you're, you're splitting hairs here. I know. Josh. I know. Your comments have
1: already been streaking.
5: Out. I
2: know. Uh, streaking you might for well the just record, turn my sir. microphone off, Joe. I'm Just just done here. just go ahead. <laughs> well, I just <laughs> I don't want to hear any BS about that third down call because that's all just that's just a bunch of talk.
3: But to go back to your uh, comment about the monkey off your back. There's a lot of stress and and honed in attention on Mahomes being that the fact they've been to five straight AFC can't championship games, this is their third Super Bowl. Um, I Man, the Chiefs got to win today because it, it's going to shut a lot of people up. It will. I think the Chiefs need this win more than Jay. There, there's been a comment, who needs it better? Who needs it more? I think Mahomes does just for the simple fact of let's go ahead and put him on the stage and on this platform that he deserves and then everybody can just shut it down about Burrow and Allen and any other quarterback out there that's challenging him as the best quarterback in the league, and not to mention the best ever in his first five years ever. You can put Tom Brady to bed on that one. I don't want to hear about Tom Brady about this. He is right now undisputably the best quarterback we've ever seen play the game in his first five years.
2: Let's stop and talk about that for just a second because I one of the, one of the big reasons why I'm going to tell you guys right up front I'm rooting for the Chiefs today. Mm -hmm. One of the big reasons is I like Patrick Mahomes a lot. I've never seen anybody play quarterback like he does. And I want him to win because there's that additional monkey on your back. Well, he's won one Super Bowl, but what's he done since then? And I don't want him to get lumped into being like the Atlanta Braves from the 1990s in baseball. Uh, I I want him to – have his legacy established. And I think a second win helps establish that legacy for him being there. This team that's been built around him is not as flashy and splashy as the teams that they've had in the past, but they are very workmanlike in what they get done. But I think my point that I want to get to is ESPN, which is the major news outlet for sports. Let's just all agree with that. Mm -hmm. They've never embraced Patrick Mahomes. They've never embraced him like they embrace Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. And I was surprised, and I want to get your opinion on all all this, is how much the media seemed to turn on Patrick Mahomes after the win against Cincinnati a little bit. The flop. I heard a lot. Unnamed NFC defensive coordinator, come on, be a man, step up and attach your name to it, says that Patrick Mahomes flopped. Were you guys surprised by some of that stuff, Ned?
1: I didn't even read it. I wouldn't pay attention to stuff like that. It does not make any difference in any game. Mahomes is the best at his craft in this century. Now, here's a sobering fact for you, though, for what it's worth, and it's not worth anything, but in this century, which is only 23 years old, admittedly, the NFL MVP has never won the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Nine nine
4: straight times the NFL. The MVP playing in the Super Bowl has
1: lost. Mm -hmm. Wow. And who's the MVP? Patrick Mahomes. Thank you. Now, is that to say that he's going to lose today? Of course not. I think the Chiefs win the game, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But the fact of the matter remains, he doesn't have any monkey on his back. The guy is an outstanding, once-in-a-lifetime QB. He is playing in the right system for him. That's why he's there. That's why the Chiefs drafted him. Would he be a, a good quarterback with another team? You bet you're behind he would be. But would he be a championship team? Probably not, because the Chiefs have an overall surrounding group that is formed and especially crafted for just exactly the style of offense that they have. Defensively, they've come on. Are they as good as Philadelphia? We're going to find that out this afternoon. Philadelphia has a very, very, very good defensive team. They're going to put a lot of pressure on him. We'll see. But in terms of having something to prove, he's he's proven it. My God, he's been, as you said, Jake, six years, six active years in the NFL and already a two-time most valuable player. Who can, who can brag about that? Come on.
2: When we come back, we'll continue this conversation as we get set for the national championship coming up today, right here on 104.7 The Cave.
0: You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
2: About 35 minutes away from the start of the pregame show full day coverage right here on 104.7 The Cave. Before we uh, went into the commercial break, we established that Ned Reynolds is above listening to the media. So he doesn't care. So let's talk to Jake. Did you, did you listen to any of the, the flop comments? I mean, I saw that in real time, and I, he didn't flop.
3: No, he got pushed in the back. It, it was hands down pushed in the back. Now, I will tell you, thanks to Tom Brady, he has established this way of pretending like, you know, making sure the officials know. And, and these guys are good. And we talked about the NBA and the flops. I don't think he flopped. He got a forearm in the back of his jersey, and he's trying to get out of bounds. And he, let's not forget he can't plant on his right foot. He's hurt. He can't just so. When you get hit, and yeah, sure, let's let's whatever they say, and, and I agree with him. Forget what they're saying. You know, Mahomes has has shown the world who he is, and and that and and, and the fact that he's he was hurt playing on one leg. I mean, I know he had two, he, he, but everybody's like, oh, he's playing on one leg. But I I want to make sure that people understand too, though. Our team, the team that the Chiefs have. They don't have an AJ Brown. They don't have uh, even the second wide receiver. They don't have a Devontae Smith. Smith. They do. They have a Travis Kelsey and a Pat Mahomes. You have a rookie running back, and everything else is like pieced together with Valdez and and Juju, who hasn't shown up in the last three games. So all of that to to helps this monkey part is that you got to realize that Mahomes doesn't have what Jalen Hurts has. He doesn't. I'm sorry. Uh, the big dance. So, anywho. Well, I, you know, one of the things that we've talked about in the show quite a bit with Ned is
2: is we talk about that, the draft, okay? Mahomes goes to Chicago. Doesn't come to Kansas City. Would he be what he is today in Kansas City? Now, I'm going to argue about that just a little bit because this Kansas City team is not as splashy. But, I mean, they have some really good pieces there. And for the first time, I think going into this Super Bowl, I'm gonna say it, they uh they have a running game that is something to be contended with. Right.
5: You have to take notice of it, finally.
2: Yeah. And the defense is is a really is a pretty good defense. In the past it was can the Chiefs outscore somebody? And so, Ned, you follow Philadelphia. You you watch them. Where do you think the Chiefs where do they fall short at, and where do they come up strong at in today's game?
1: Well, it's a little difficult to make that comparison because they're playing different levels of competition. I don't think the NFC East is anywhere near the level of teams that Kansas City played. Now, the, you talk about the media leaning more toward Philadelphia, which they do. They favor the Eagles. I'm of the opinion, for what it's worth, that the reason that happens is because the NFC has more teams and bigger markets, and the, and, and the media knows that. Mm-hmm. And the media is appealing to their mass readers. Are they better than Philadelphia? In some respects, they are. The Philadelphia defensive unit is a hard-rushing. Again, you have to level, uh, play into your mindset, the level of competition they played. But they're pretty doggone good, their whole offensive scheme. But the Chiefs have the one overwhelming factor, and that is Patrick Mahomes, who can perform all sorts of magic in the backfield, even when he is pressured. There is, in, in my opinion, what's going to make the determining factor in this game. I think what happens is that Philadelphia comes out, tries to establish early. I think you'll see Hertz go to the air and try to get on the scoreboard because Philly is very good at burning the clock with their running game. Kansas City's running game has been good. It's a New Jersey kid who's doing the running, a South Jersey kid. Nice. Uh, uh, Pacheco, he's from Salem, New Jersey. All-stater there at Rutgers. But he has also had the benefit of some pretty good line play, which is fine. You have to have that. That's that's part of the game. I think the Chiefs have a, a very, very good attack about them. Certainly they should be considered to be at least a co-favorite with Philadelphia. This is, this is one of the very few times in the Super Bowl when you do see teams of equal capability playing each, each other, the best team, 16 and 3, they both are, and then I think is indicative indicative of how good the level of football is in this case. I think we'll see a very good game.
2: Who has the better offensive line between these two teams?
1: In my opinion, in my opinion, probably Philadelphia in some regards because it's a veteran line. It's been around. Oh gosh, uh, these Kelsey for one, Jason Kelsey is is a terror at center. He is very good. Uh, Lane Thomas bit... out
4: right, Jordan Mailata at left. They got both should... tackle secure. Probably best center in football. There's no, there's no weak point across that Philly offensive line. No. Like I think ideally for Kansas City, your game plan is sick Chris Jones at the weak point and let everyone else win in one on ones. Last week, they found it. This week, I think that's going to be harder to find because wherever you line Chris Jones up, he's going up against a very good player.
1: And he is going to meet some stiff resistance, trying to get in there too. So again, all that plays into effect of how much pressure the uh, Chiefs are able to put on Jason Hurts, Jalen Hurts, I should say, and and what he is able to do and how he is going to to react to that kind of pressure. So there are all sorts of unanswerable, until the game starts, questions in this game.
2: I think it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, all season long, we've talked about Frank Thomas, Frank Thomas, Frank Thomas. Chris Jones has been uh, MIA, and and f- a lot of times I feel like that that's the way that he plays. But, man, he's a big playoff sort of player.
5: Oh, yeah, he's really stepped up
2: in yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, big time in the playoffs. Well,
3: so. he set the tone. Frank Clark set the tone in that and that Bengals game, first sack of the game, mm-hmm. had another sack, and then I thought he he got credit for half a sack, and then Chris Jones followed up with two of his own. And I Carl couldn't Ophelia believe the fact one too. I can't believe the fact that the stat was that was Chris Jones' first sack ever in the postseason. That right, blew dude. my brains. Out. I was like, yeah, wow, I can't believe that. Well, but so. that just
5: means he before this he played on teams that weren't making it to the postseason, so. Now he's got a
4: chance yeah. for know. five. He's been to five in a row at least, right?
5: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's so, a good point.
3: To too. answer your question, though, I think Philly does have the better O line. I do. Um, it's going it's going to be how do you control or contain Chris Jones, and it, because that push up the middle, think about what the defensive side for the Philly they've got Sue that pushes up the middle that allows those guys those edge quarters to get to, and Mahomes has to stop with his happy feet. But it's kind of funny thing. That's kind of when he's in his happy place is when he's playing well is when he's where where he rolls out yeah and where jalen wants to sit in that pocket and and here that i was listening to that that podcast that the kelsey brothers do they're talking about how mahomes was planning on being more of a pocket passer this year and he has he stayed but he's still where his happy places is running like a to his to his right as a shortstop and throwing that sidearm pass and on the market every time
4: Exactly. What's your thoughts, Alec? You know, that, like that's where the magic happens for Mahomes when he gets outside. I think to, I think today you'll see a very concerted mm-hmm. effort from Philadelphia to rush four because they have four that can, they have seven that can, and they'll rotate them in. But they, I would be shocked if you see those defensive ends go wide. I think it's going to be a, they're going to try and just pinch, keep him in, make him do it from the pocket. Don't let him get those splash plays going. Now, I, I think I agree. I think the Philadelphia offensive line is overall better, but I don't think it's so stark that it's you know, no, it's it's right. a massive benefit to Philadelphia over Kansas City. And we've seen time and again, you know I think Kansas City's favorite thing is to dismantle what is considered an elite defense. They just they run into that and they, that seems to be when they have their best games. They show up when the stakes are highest. So I I don't know, I just I've Philadelphia sackadelphia Eagles, like we said, you know they they led the league in sacks by a pretty wide margin. But I saw something that Kansas City was second in sacks allowed, and that that's an underappreciated part of what's made Mahomes so successful all these years. Is he's elite on his own. He's otherworldly when he doesn't get touched for four seconds. You know? Like
1: would you agree with uh, my supposition that Philadelphia's level of competition in the NFC East and around probably not quite what the Chiefs face?
4: You know, I I. You know the strength of schedule definitely favors Kansas City this year, and I would, I would, I would say that you know we didn't the AFC West didn't look like what we thought it would this year. Kansas City ended up getting the same four K cakewalks over Denver and Las Vegas that they typically do, despite what we thought would happen. What how they played in those games, you know, that can be arguable. But you know, Philadelphia did what you do want to see when they play, you know, quote unquote inferior teams. They throttled them you know they took they took a quarterback away from San Francisco ran him out of the building they played New York ran him out of the building so you know argument you know strength of schedule aside who they're playing they're dismantling them and that's what great teams do
5: what do you think Josh well i that's what i was going to say is that i feel like the chiefs are the best team in the AFC and the eagles are the best team in the NFC and when you look at the way that they both won the chiefs you know, gave us some headaches, gave us some stress this season. And the Eagles were a lot more dominant. And I, I agree with Alec. If the if you consider their competition inferior, they did exactly what you would expect with inferior competition. They're beating them by 21 or 30 points. They had some close games because they always – every they got to make some of them close because that's what keeps people watching the games. <laughs> but the Chiefs, I feel, struggled more than we would have wanted them to this season with wins. Because of injury, well, it's not even really because of injuries, it's just because of their game plan and the, the the plays that they would call, and then all that other stuff, but this is a very evenly matched game, when you look at it on paper, when you look at the records, when you look at the offensive production and the defense production, it is a very, this is probably the most evenly matched Super Bowl that we have seen in a long time, on paper, so it's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out, because like what Joe was saying, the Chiefs' defense has been playing great in the playoffs. The big names have stepped up. What you guys are saying about the, the Eagles' offensive line, it is a brick wall. People can't get through it. So, you know, it's the immovable object versus the unstoppable force. Unstoppable force you know, so we're going to see. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be exciting to watch, I think.
3: Well, so you bring up the, the Eagles and how they've been dominant all year. And to go with your point, Joe, about the the media – it's going to be interesting if the Chiefs win. How many times for the next week is are we going to hear how the Eagles never played anybody?
5: Well, yeah, they'll flip the script. Of They're course. going to flip that <laughs> if, script. If the They're Eagles going
3: to make it to where the Chiefs didn't win. Well, they won, but they played a team that really didn't have the had the weakest right. schedule this year. And i uh, you, Joe, these monkeys on these backs. The Chiefs do not get the respect that they deserve. And I know we're a small market around here. We are the small market, um, and we're the Midwest, and we're supposed to be just like this ho hum, fan base. But at the same time, we're going to see how this is going to play out. But I guarantee you, if the Chiefs do win, they're going to sit there and say, "Well, they just played. They beat a team, a good team, but the team didn't really play anybody this year, and it showed that our the Chiefs' schedule this year was the determining factor. A win's a win.
2: When we come back, we'll talk more about the big game that's coming up this afternoon right here on 104.7 The Cave.
0: You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network.
2: Pre-game starts here in a little bit. Until then, you have us. And I always like to do this before the big game. And we've been fortunate enough over the last few years of doing this show that we've been uh, we've been here most of the time doing the big game and getting set for the Chiefs to play. And I like to get Mr. Reynolds' perspective on the event itself because I'm 56, so this is my – First Super Bowl was the year that I was born. You've been around for all these Super Bowls. How has it changed for you?
1: Well, not for me. It hasn't changed at all. It's still the, the premier event in pro football. Uh, but from a fan standpoint, well, the first game wasn't a sellout. At the Coliseum in Los Angeles in 67 when the Chiefs and the Packers played, it had 67,000. Pretty good crowd, but not a sellout. From there on in, all the games have been sold out, including the Orange Bowl the next year when the Raiders and the Packers played, and then the New York Jets and the Baltimore Colts playing. It it, it has morphed now into really what's, in a sense, a national holiday. It didn't start out that way. And I think you can credit the National Football League for marketing their product so very well as being the catalyst behind that. I, I think it's a great event. It has... Well, I'll tell you what has changed is the ticket prices. Dear Lord Almighty, who can afford to go to those games? Well, evidently a lot of people can. $31,000 for a seat right down there close to the field. Hey, I don't even make that in three years. What are we going to do? (laughs) (laughs) But the fact is, it has changed. It's changed uh, from a fan standpoint, the whole national scope of things. It didn't, at the first, get quite the coverage that it is now. But, hey, it's really a major event.
2: What's your first memory of a Super Bowl, Jake?
3: My first memory of a Super Bowl, mm, that's a really good question. I'd say the 85 Bears. I was seven.
2: The What was that called? The shuffle? The uh, Super Bowl shuffle. Super that's Bowl right. shuffle, yeah. Jim McMahon.
3: The refrigerator. The refrigerator. Walter so, Payton.
2: Yeah, Walter oh, Payton, the sure. greatest running there. back of all time. Yeah, I remember the refrigerator first, though. He's well, you know, the, just that was just
5: Mike Ditka said that was his biggest regret was was letting the fridge score a touchdown in the Super Bowl and not letting Walter Payton.
2: Yeah, well, I'm sure Mike Ditka's got other regrets. Well, I'm too. sure he does. <laughs> a haircut. Yeah. I'll tell you one of
3: the things that's Attitude. changed over the years is the commercials. They're terrible now. They used to be pretty good.
4: I think and they show you a week in advance no, like, they're, they're putting like, them online Be like yeah. here's our super bowl ad well, i think i it. think you should get older you think that though <laughs> oh no well Uh-oh. i mean i
2: i know i i feel that way too i you know i just think about my dad he would sit there all the way through the super bowl and just complain just from start to finish it was, it was four <laughs> hours
4: of my dad complaining about something the
3: halftime show has been pretty bad for a while so. oh yeah yeah
4: alec what about you Um, like first memory Mm -hmm. problem, I think the one I can remember taking all the way back to 1999 (laughs) (laughs) young man at the round table, uh, when the Rams won their year with Kurt Warner coming out. And, you know, I, at that point, and all admittedly, I didn't give a rip about football. I was dragged to the party. I was eating the snacks, you know, just doing the thing. I remember being shuttled away when Janet Jackson had her halftime show. <laughs> um, I remember that pretty a clearly. Wardrobe malfunction. But I remember, the big one is I remember attending a party in the when Pittsburgh beat Seattle and that's what got me on the bandwagon just because it happened to be a party that favored Pittsburgh, and no one had kind of ushered me in with a team, so I latched on. and
2: That was a gateway drug for you. Yep, and
4: here I am ever since, you know, and I thought, this football is great. We won then. We won a few years later. We went to another one. This is, this is a real fun sport, and now, you know, we haven't been in over a decade. I'm like, nah, this game stinks. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Josh? Wow. See, my earliest memory is going to have to be, like, the late 70s, uh, Steelers Super Bowls I, I don't remember exactly which one But I remember watching the Steelers I was a fan of the Steelers when I was a kid And then I was telling Ned earlier My dad and I bet a dollar On the 1980 Super Bowl Which was the Eagles and the Raiders uh, I picked the Eagles And my dad picked the Raiders So I lost a dollar uh, But then I loved the 85 Bears team They were awesome to watch Um you know, being, trying to be a Chiefs fan throughout that whole time was rough because they would they were good enough to make the playoffs but not good enough to win in the playoffs. And Buffalo Bills. Frustrating. Well, yeah. The, the, <laughs> and, the, yeah, the Buffalo Bills or the Houston Oilers or the Indianapolis Colts, I mean, they all beat them in the playoffs. But, uh, so, yeah, I mean, those are my earliest memories. I, the Super Bowl is, is fun. Even with all of my jaded comments about the NFL and all the stuff that I say throughout this show – the Super Bowl is enjoyable to watch. I like some of the commercials. I agree with you; they're not as good as they used to be. I don't. I think part of that's because they're spending so much money just to have the spot. They're like, "Dang, what? That's half of our budget right there." But uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 an event, and to, see, to to see the progression that I've seen from the late '70s to present uh, is pretty amazing because it used to be another big game. But then it became this huge spectacle. The halftime show got bigger and bigger, and it has their marketing team, like Ned said earlier, has done such an amazing job of bringing people in to the to watch this that would never watch it otherwise.
3: It's kind that of a testament to this. Families get together because yeah. they want to, not because they have to. Right?
5: Exactly. Exactly. And you've got, I mean, I've got friends who don't watch football at all, but we get together and watch the Super Bowl because we sit around, we eat food, we watch the commercials, we make comments about it, the halftime show everybody gets excited about.
1: It is a huge spectacle. Josh, is what I said earlier. This is the one day that there are more, Christmas and New Year's and so forth, but the one day when everybody gets together. Allegiance for a team doesn't make any difference. We're all focused on the same event and everybody's having a good time no matter what might happen. Exactly.
4: We need a reason to come together and party. And you <laughs> Thank know you. that is every it. single time. And that is exactly what this is. You know, like I said, I in most Super Bowl parties you go to, there's a contingency of people around on the couch, around the TV, watching, and then you got your oh, people yeah. drifting in the kitchen who don't care, tell me when the commercials are on, but we're all having a good time. It's a reason to come together and just a singular event where, you know just get to see your friends, get to see your family, eat good food, drink, drink, have a good time.
3: I got a live report from Arizona. Uh, it says, it's warm. It's, it's like, <laughs> yeah. No, it's warm here, guys. Uh, he says, dude, it's like 70 30 Eagles fans. 70, wow. 70%. Really? I said, hey. The Red Kingdom's coming. The storm is rolling in. Those sandstorms they have, thats going to be the Red Kingdom showing
5: They're all coming on buses where the Eagles
3: fans flew.
2: They slept an hour later. We come
5: back. We'll
3: have our picks.
2: We'll tell you who's going to win this game coming up on Ned Talk.
0: You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Back to Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. There
2: is a lot more talk about this event that's happening today coming up right here on 104.7 The Cave. We'll take you all the way up to game time. Not us specifically, but Mitch Holtis, the Westwood One crew, they'll all be in. They'll all be taking care of the game today. I do want to mention that the broadcast today will be Westwood One. It will not be... The chiefs broadcast we cannot carry that because of nfl rules so please don't be mad at us all right it is time for us to do our picks and i think everybody here is uh is picking the chiefs but we'll just get the scores ned start with you
1: just well, made a an overall subjective thought on the process of all of us and we're all picking the chief well i am i think kansas city wins the game Somehow, Patrick Mahomes, with that magic, will overcome any kind of defensive pressure, and he is going to see a lot of defensive pressure, but he is also Patrick Mahomes. So this will be the first Super Bowl of this century that the MVP in the National Football League will win the Super Bowl game. So uh, I'm going to pick the Chiefs, and I will say the score, I think Philadelphia comes out and tries to establish control early, but I think the Chiefs will blunt that. High-scoring game, if it's a high-scoring game, Kansas City wins it. Otherwise, I think the Chiefs win, and I'm going to say 29-24, Kansas City. Ooh,
2: that's
3: a nice pick there. I like that one. All right. What about you, Jay? My, my score is one more point, 30-24. They win by six, and they stop the Eagles, a big defensive stop towards the end uh, to keep Jalen Hurts and the Eagles from winning by one.
2: You're exactly right. You uh, well, They just did the uh, fan seats here on the uh... – On the television, and it's 62% Philly, 38% Chiefs.
4: All right, Alec, your pick. I've been battling with it all week because, you know, looking at it, I think Philly has a better offensive line. I think Philly has a better defensive line. I think Philly has a better secondary. I think Philly runs the ball better. And I think Kansas City has the advantage in the one spot in the NFL now that matters more than any other, and that's quarterback. So I am – I think the Chiefs find a way. So I'm going to go Kansas City. I think that Philly runs it well and keeps this game a little lower. So I'm going to go Kansas City 23-17. Jake? Or, sorry, Josh.
5: I want the Chiefs to win, but I think the Eagles are going to win. Oh, really? Yes, I do. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the final score is going to be 28 24 Eagles. I think you're going to see some cool plays. I think you're going to see some good defense. But I just, looking at the comparison of how the Eagles have won this year, I think that they will take control at some point, and uh, the Chiefs will be playing catch up.
2: On TV, Booger McFarland is Keisha Care. He has picked the Eagles. Alex Smith has chosen, of course, the Chiefs. Don't know who that guy is. He's picked the Eagles. Susie, who cares? She picked the Eagles. And Steve Young, the guy that I do care about. He picks the Chiefs to win the game. I picked the Chiefs to win the game. I think it'll be forty-two to three. Oh wow. I think it'll be a dominant Chiefs performance that they'll come out. They'll make a statement. I would love They're that. Overwhelm Philly from start to finish. And they'll just blow them out. That's that's my pick. And you know what? I say this all the time. It doesn't matter. Yeah. This we're just picking football games. I will. I, I wanted really quickly, Ned, get your thoughts on this because I know you pay attention to this. Midweek, there had been double the amount of bets placed on this Super Bowl than there were last Super Bowl. It is amazing. How much gambling has changed in the last 10 years? It
1: is and it isn't. Yeah, there's a lot of gambling on it. But keep in mind that this is the first Super Bowl game in history, the first in the history to be played in a city that allows legalized gambling. Ah. So there is a book, there's a sports book in the stadium itself. The fans go in there, place their bets right there, and they can do so from the telephone or, or from your cell phone, all legally through whatever the venues are that they use for bets on I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> Chocolate <laughs> chips. But the fact is that it is it is I think it's I read where it's $60 dollars. $60 yeah, sixty billion is Oof. going to be bet on this game by fifty million people. And if this is the new champion, it probably gets a race next year because the Super Bowl's in Las Vegas next year. Oh wow. <laughs> wow.
2: Well, I want to thank everybody. I want to thank Ned Reynolds, Jake Gillette, Alex Scott, Josh Roberts for joining us. I want to say thanks to Mike, the intern, Brian Tindall, Corbin Campbell, Nick Fury. guys sit back and enjoy as we get set for a big, big national championship game today here. Remember the Westwood one pregame show coming up, the Chiefs pregame show coming up, and then the broadcast from Arizona will be Westwood one. And it's all right here on your home for the AFC champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Go Chiefs!